Welcome to Hashtag Managed, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of building a booked out social media business. Tune in every week for transparent conversations from a six-figure social media agency owner, sharing the highlights and lowlights of being a business owner, and episodes featuring industry experts to help you start, scale, and book out your own social media management business. Now, here's your host, Jessica Sheehy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Hashtag Managed. I'm really excited to introduce today's guest to all of you and for our conversation because it is going to be such a good one. Um, Meet Amber of Arranged by Amber. Amber is a systems and workflow strategist that helps service providers scale and grow their businesses with ease. Her journey into the world of entrepreneurship began with her own frustrations and challenges while running her organizing business, Arranged by Amber. Today, she has helped more than 80 service providers translate the inner workings of their business into efficient and effective workflows in order to optimize their back office operations and unlock their full earning potential. Amber, welcome to the Hashtag Manage podcast. Tell me a little bit more about you and why you started your business. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I started an organizing business back in 2018. I loved organizing even since I was a kid. So I wanted to try something, um, you know, on my own to see if organizing would be a way that I could leave my nine to five. So I started that and I was really lucky because the area that I lived in when I started that business was really kind of empty of organizers. So I was able to grow my business pretty quickly. And um, that was great, but it was also really overwhelming because I would work all day with clients and then I would have to come home and I'd have to respond to new inquiries and send invoices and just a lot of the admin work that you don't really think about that comes with running a business because you just see like the fun stuff that you want to do. So it was really starting to burn me out. So I was trying to figure out a way how I could run my business better. And I came across CRMs. I had no idea what CRMs were, but um, I started looking into them, found Dubsado, set it up for my business, and it changed the game for how I ran my business. Um, didn't didn't make me feel like I was burning out anymore. So um, after setting that up, I kind of transitioned to helping other service providers set up Dubsado and HoneyBook CRMs for their business. And here we are today. So I, I really love what I do. Love CRMs. Could talk about them all day long. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm excited to dive all throughout this episode into CRMs because it is probably hands down my number one favorite tool in my business. Because like you mentioned, doing those administrative tasks every single day takes so much time, especially if it's something that you do repeatedly for clients, you know, every single month, um, or, you know, it's something that you're constantly have to do. Doing repetitive tasks are not fun. So especially (laughs) if there's a tool that can automate a lot of that process, um, then that's just great in my book. So I love that you started from, you know, being a professional organizer and then now you're, you know, you're still in that realm, right? Of organizing the back end of business. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best of both worlds. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. I love that. But it's also filling that gap because that was a problem that you had in your own business. So I feel like that is really, really awesome. So let's kind of dive into the basics of a CRM. What is it? What does it do? And I guess what are the opportunities with having a CRM? 
Yeah, so a CRM stands for Client Relationship Management, and so the techie version of it is really just a automated tool that helps you, like you were saying, do repetitive tasks. It can do a lot of things like invoicing, sending forms, automation, of course, so really taking a lot of your manual work and automating it. Um, but <clears throat> I think a, a less techie version would be like if you had a notebook for your friends and family and you stored all their information, like their favorite color, their favorite restaurant, you know, that sort of stuff helps you be a really good friend and family member. A CRM helps you do the same thing, but for your clients, it helps you be a really good service provider to your clients because you're not having to remember where did I leave that sticky note? Where did I put that email? Where's that client communication that I need to remember? It really is like an umbrella and it stores everything underneath of that. So CRMs really allow you to free up your time to serve your clients better. And as far as the opportunity that it gives you, it really allows you to focus on your area of expertise without dropping the ball on those administrative tasks. It might seem silly. It might not seem like a big deal that we need to remember to send that follow-up email or check in with someone or remind them that we have an appointment. But those are the real little nuances that can really separate you from your competition and make people feel like, oh my God, I'm really cared for. She really wants to make sure I have a good experience. So when you use a CRM and you've set it up correctly and you have workflows running for you, you can really kind of be a little bit more hands-off, but without having to worry that your clients are suffering that they're not getting everything that they need. Yeah, I love that. And I love that it really adds to the client experience. I feel like lately that's been a topic on this podcast, just, you know, how can we make that experience better so we can have, you know, happy clients, they can stay on our client roster from month to month and, or, you know, however we work with clients and, you know, they're just happy with not only the service they're getting, but the experience of working with us, because I know everyone works so differently. Everyone uses different tools, uses different systems, has different ways that they onboard and just even communication, I feel like is a big thing, yeah. a big difference between a lot of service providers too, just depending on how often they're communicating, what they're communicating. Um, so I really love that with a CRM, you can set all of that up, especially if you're doing it a lot. If you're doing that manual like labor of sending those emails, but it's the same email that you send to every single client at that point, um, then I think that's awesome. I also like the point that you mentioned that, you know, leveraging it for leads that are coming into your business. So if you need to follow up with them um, or send like another reminder to them that, you know, maybe they just, you know, I, I can even tell you how many emails I have in my inbox every single day. And I'm sure the same for you, Amber. So, you know, our clients are probably bombarded with email communications as well. But if you send another follow-up, you know, that puts your proposal or whatever that email was back at the top of their inbox, top of their mind. And like you mentioned, that can set you apart from your competition. Yeah. I mean, I think people don't realize how busy we all get. I'm, I'm definitely one to fall prey to this. I think if somebody doesn't answer me immediately or within a day, they don't want to work with me or they're no longer interested, but that's not always the case. And some people, including myself can have a lot of like psychological, um, issues with like following up with people because they don't want to see them pushy or like they're trying to be desperate for a sale. But I always try to tell my clients, like, just let your CRM handle it because it's out of sight, out of mind. It's going to follow up regardless. And that you don't even have to think about it. You've said it and forgot it. And you would be surprised at how many people they're able to get back because they followed up and they didn't even have to think about it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a great thing. I know I, I'm, I also fall under that umbrella where I never want to seem pushy at all. Like I want to, and I feel like I am really great on sales calls, but at the end of the day, I accept and know that it's in the hands of the client or whoever I spoke to. Um, but to have those follow-up emails, if they have not reviewed the proposal or haven't accepted it or haven't signed the contract or whatever step they're like getting stuck on for whatever reason, then I think it's great to have the CRM just kind of do it for you. I know earlier you mentioned that, you know, you found and used Absato. I know there's a lot of just conversation around which CRM, you know, should someone use. So, you know, HoneyBook, Dubsado, which, which one is, is right for, you know, use or what things should we look for when we're looking at both of those CRMs? Yeah, HoneyBook and Dubsado are definitely two of the most popular I see and I work in with with a lot of my clients, and they're both great. You can't go wrong if you do one or the other, but I think some of the things that really help to look at when you're trying to decide is how much automation do you want to be able to have? Are you someone that really is wanting to take as much of that manual task off of your plate and give it over to a workflow? Um, or are you okay with having to do a few manual tasks if you're reminded to do them? And so that's what really separates HoneyBook and Dubsado a lot. As of now, they're always changing and they're always they're always growing. Um, but HoneyBook just doesn't have as much of a robust automation as Dubsado does. Dubsado, you can do so many things with those workflows and HoneyBook just has a little bit less um, capabilities there. You're more limited to just a few things that you can do in those workflows. So I think that's one thing to really think about when you're trying to decide. And another thing is who is going to set it up? Are you going to be the one setting it up? Are you going to hire? Are you going to, you know, do a combo of getting some help, but also DIYing it? If you kind of, um, you know, would say that you're not so tech savvy, I would say HoneyBook is great because it's very user-friendly. Its interface just kind of makes more sense for people the way it's all set up. Whereas Dubsado is, because it's so much more robust, it tends to overwhelm people. It tends to not make as much sense and be as clear on how to set up. So I think that also plays a bit of a, a role when you're trying to decide. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point, too. And I've never really thought about it that way in terms of the capabilities and just, you know, with setting up. But I think it's also a good thing that you mentioned that, you know, you can kind of set both of them up yourselves, but really just looking at, you know, the different features that they have and what what works for that. Because I know a lot of times, especially in um, our listeners of Hashtag Manage and our Facebook community, they're always asking, you know, my opinion on which one's better. And I always have to put the little disclaimer, I've only ever used I've never actually gone into HoneyBook, so I don't feel qualified to answer the this or that question. Um, so I'm happy that we have um, you on to kind of share your expertise since you're in both all day long and for, you know, so many different businesses. Um, is there is there a right time to set up a CRM in your business? And what does that look like? Yeah, I think I might not have the most popular opinion on this, but I think the sooner the better. I don't think you have to have, you know, a ton of clients or making a lot of money to set up a CRM. Most CRMs you can even set up for free because they give you a free trial to start with. So I think the sooner you can set up a CRM for your business, the better, because you're laying a foundation for how you're going to take your clients through the process of working with you. And so when you have that really clear and mapped out and you've got automation working for you, even if you're not busy right now, there's going to come a time where you get like five new inquiries that day and a million 
DMs on Instagram asking people or asking to work with you. And you're going to feel overwhelmed if you don't have some sort of system or automation helping you deal with all of that. And so I think the best time is now, the sooner the better. Even if you're just starting your business, get clear on what that client process is, map it out into your CRM and just set it up and start using it. Even if you're just like a test client for yourself, because it is technology. I think, you know, the more you use it, the more comfortable you feel. But that way, when you do start growing and you do start getting more clients, then it's going to be there for you. And you're not going to feel the overwhelm of, Oh my God, I have to respond to all these people. How am I going to do this? And you know, for people that have never set up a CRM or set foot in a CRM, I always, I always tell them that it's kind of like your business kitchen. The CRM is like your business kitchen. So you have to have your ingredients and you have to have your recipe. And so your recipe is your client process. What happens when someone reaches out to you? Do you have a sales call? Do you send them a service guide? Like what are those steps all the way from beginning to end? So that's like your recipe, but then you need your ingredients, which are things like your emails and your contracts and your questionnaires. So you really need to understand and gather all of that information first And once you have that, it makes setting it up so much easier because you have a very clear path of what needs to be set up and what information you need to create in order to fill in the blanks. Yeah, I love that. I love that metaphor of it being um, a kitchen because that's so true. Just thinking about all of the different things, the different ingredients, and then how that process is going to go. Because I know a lot of times, you know, we're always trying to improve. I mean, even for myself, I I think I'm going into year five in business, which is really crazy to say, but I'm still updating. And I feel like it's always going to be a work in progress. My onboarding, you know, how I work with clients, offboarding that I feel like that is always under like my in progress um, on projects that I'm working on internally, because there's always room for improvement, I think, to make it a little bit more efficient, or maybe I've learned something. I think sometimes some clients teach me something that I could do better in that process, or, you know, something I could add in. Or I know too, sometimes if I hire a service provider or work with someone else, and sometimes I'm in awe of their onboarding process. And I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> recently, <laughs> recently, we worked with a brand photography team and their onboarding process was stunning. I know that's probably not a word that most people use for an onboarding or just a process, but it was so well thought out. And it just felt like a white glove experience. I can't describe it. It was just, it was pure magic. It was so good, but it made me think like, wow, this is really great. Is this the experience that I'm giving to my clients? And I think that's the, you know, awesome capabilities of a CRM is that we can always kind of work on it. So I love that you had that opinion. Um, cause I have to agree that start sooner rather than later for setting up a CRM. Cause I know that, you know, a lot of things will pop up and different things. That way you can just keep working on improving that process versus like, let me test this tool and let me test that tool and do all of that. Because I know, especially with the CRM, we can talk more on this too. There's so many capabilities, right? Like you can have a scheduler. I know a lot of people hopefully are no longer scheduling emails or scheduling calls back and forth in email anymore because that's a, <laughs> that's just a nightmare, right? Because it's like, okay, as soon as you're scheduling, maybe you have another email thread and that person grabbed that meeting and it's just chaotic. Of course, there's schedulers like Calendly, Acuity that you can use to, you know, get your call scheduled for sales calls, onboarding calls, you know, 
client meetings, whatever, however you meet with clients. Um, but that's something that you can do directly in a CRM, which I think is great. Is that something that you recommend to um, Amber, just setting up all of the, I guess, features of the CRM in your business versus using other tools? Yeah, I, I think it's really a benefit to use what's already included in the CRM because you get a lot of automation capability from that. So I have clients that have started with Acuity and Calendly are kind of hesitant to let that go when they move over to something like Dubsado or HoneyBook because they like it and there's nothing wrong with it. Like, obviously you can use it if you want to, but the benefit of sticking to the native scheduler within your CRM is that it can actually see, oh, that person scheduled their call or do this when the call ends, do this before the call starts. So it can monitor that appointment and you can do so many different things based on that trigger that you wouldn't be able to do if you were using a scheduler that was outside of the CRM. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a really good point too. Cause I know a lot of times, especially if you have the paid version of Calendly or even Acuity, you know, it can do a lot of those automations for you, but to have your CRM know that. So if they do convert from a lead to a client after that sales call, you have all of that information of, okay, how long did it take for them to get that call booked? Um, you know, how long did it take from that period to proposal sent to accepting the proposal and kind of moving along? So I think that's also something that's really good to know as a business owner, just those timelines that leads come into your business and then they turn into clients. And so that way you have that information because I think a lot of times, and I know a lot of conversations that we've been having in our community lately have been around, you know, I need more clients. I need more clients. I need, I need more leads coming to my business so I can turn them into paying clients. And I think that, you know, certainly in a lot of different businesses, there's a lot of seasons and sometimes there's busier seasons and sometimes there's slower seasons. And I really think the slower seasons are good for working on all of those things that are probably on your project management board for your business. And a lot of that is probably, okay, let's get our processes in order. Like let's get our systems fully set up um, and kind of go from there. Cause I know the other thing that I hear from a lot of people in our community that I'm sure maybe you've heard as well is people will set up their um, CRM. So they'll set up Dubsado, but it's not fully set up to its full capabilities. Uh, I'm sure that's something that you've encountered, or that's probably why a lot of your clients come to you in the first place to even have your, you just come in and, and make it over for them. Um, so do you have any advice, Amber, around how someone can really use uh, Dubsado to its full capabilities and automate all of those different processes that you can have? Yeah, I think it comes down to workflows. I mean, if you're not utilizing workflows, you're just using half of your CRM because that's really where the magic happens. It's great if you want to kind of ease into it and use it to send emails and forms like that. Certainly, we'll still keep everything in one place for you. It streamlines it a little bit, but workflows are where you're able to free up your time, where you're able to really kind of set up almost like your virtual assistant that you don't have to train or pay, you know, hundreds of dollars every month. So I always like to compare a CRM or at least workflows to having like a virtual assistant. So I think people get really intimidated by workflows, but that's why you just kind of have to jump in. If you know your process, if you have everything like your forms and your emails written, it really is kind of like a plug and play because it really walks you through, well, what do you want me to do? When do you want me to do it? What am I sending? 
who am I sending it to? So you just kind of answer those questions and you can build it out. And if you're nervous to start using it on clients, you can just have friends or family use it with you. You can use it on yourself to test out the process, but that's usually I'd say over 90% of my clients, when they come to me, they say, I've got Dubsado or I've got HoneyBook, but I'm not using it to its fullest. And when I go and I look, it's there's no automations, there's no workflows running. And it's usually just because they're nervous to set it up. They're nervous it's going to break. So totally understandable. But if you test it out, then at least you're getting your feet wet with it. And then you'll realize it's not maybe as scary as you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great advice to, you know, have friends or family like test it out for you. I know you also mentioned earlier in the show that, you know, also be your own test client inside of the CRM just to see what everything looks like from point of view of your clients, but also, you know, as they're going through that automation and getting those emails and different things are firing and, you know, they're moving along the workflow. I think that is really awesome advice to just kind of make sure everything is really working and things are fully set up. And I think that really blows my mind that you mentioned if you're not using workflows, then you're only using half of Dubsado's capabilities, um, which is really crazy to me to think about all of the um, opportunities that are inside of Dubsado. Yeah, it's pretty limitless once you get in there and, and start realizing the potential that you have to free up so much time. And like we were talking about earlier, really make that client experience better. You can't be sitting at your computer 24-7 or on your phone. So, you know, when somebody pays that invoice, you want that thank you email or that whatever the next step is to go out immediately. But you can't do that if you're just manually always trying to to watch and see, okay, do they pay their invoice? I need to send this out. So the workflows really do go hand in hand with your client experience and saving you time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's really great. Um, one thing that I, I know a lot of people talk about when it comes to maybe the limiting what they can set up inside of Dubsado is I know there's certain service providers that will do custom things for clients. Like they'll create custom proposals or custom packages, or maybe they have like a super unique business that they're maybe doing a whole custom process or something of that sort. So if you are automating a lot of things inside of Dubsado, is there room for that cost customization? Um, or, you know, is there room to maybe do some things manually if you need to customize it from client to client? Um, what's your, what's your take on that, Amber? Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of Jobsado and other CRMs is it's really a tool to help you create templates, but you still have so much room for customization. So if you are someone that doesn't just offer, you know, these three packages and no more, no less, if you're really about custom coding projects, you have the ability to still use, let's say, a proposal and a workflow, but because you want to customize it before you send it out, there's a wonderful little thing called an approval button on a workflow step. So that way it doesn't send until you've had the chance to customize it and make your tweaks to it. And then you can say, okay, go ahead and send that out now. So there's so much room for customization and making things very unique to each client. Dubsado just helps you take the steps that don't need to be unique away from you and really automate those things. And that's probably one of the biggest fears I think a lot of people have when they use tech or a CRM in their business. They always tell me, I don't want to sound like a robot. I want to sound like myself. I don't want people to think that I don't care about them because I'm, I'm sending all these automated emails. And that is so far from 
the truth of what Dubsado or any CRM is meant for. You can infuse your brand voice, your personality into your emails, into your forms. Nothing needs to sound like a robot. And you can really make sure that you tweak them to how you're going to talk to your clients and how you want them to feel when they get, you know, this proposal or this email from you. So it's just a tool. It's a sidekick to help you along, but it doesn't have to be automated every single step of the way. It's just taking what it can away from you that doesn't need to be so customized and allowing you more time to really focus on those things that you want to really tweak and edit for different people. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that that you have the ability to approve those different things so you can, you know, optimize that for each client to client. And to your point too, around how sometimes there's the thoughts or fears around automation that you're going to sound robotic. I think that's a great point that you can, you know, infuse your brand voice and how you would say things. And I think too, there's, there's like a big difference. And I think the reward of getting all of your time back from having a tool like Dubsado set up in your business is far outweighs taking so much time to write that custom email. You know, you could probably infuse something that you would say, maybe you have like a way that you greet people on a Zoom call, you know, put that as like your greeting on the email, or, you know, maybe you have a way that you say different things. Um, And it could just be as simple as, you know, the personalization in the email is just to the client name. It doesn't necessarily need to be super in depth of, you know, how are you? How's your day? How are things going? You know, how is, you know, how is your dog or, you know, how was your vacation? Things like that. Like those are all really nice things to include in an email and people love that, but you can always save that for when you get that client on the sales call or on the onboarding call or the strategy session or whatever calls that you do in your business. And by having that just be an automated template that goes out to clients, you're going to save so much time because because I know I certainly hear from people on the social media manager side that they take so long to write a post. And I know that same thing is for an email. I know for myself, I take way too long to write an email. I'm just like overthinking everything. I'm like, wait, hold on. How many exclamations did I put in here? <laughs> like, let me, re- let me remove a few. I don't want to seem too eager when it's my personality to put an exclamation after every single same. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, the the team and also like current clients, they know like, hey, you put exclamations on everything. But it's when it's a new lead, I'm like, wait, hold on a little bit. But that's where the templates come to help me in Dubsano yes. that I'm not seeming like way too crazy. So I think that that's awesome. But I love that Dubsado gives you that capability to just get your time back and with, you know, setting up workflows. That's where the true magic is. Um, Amber, is there any certain workflows that people should start with setting up in Dumpsado? Um, Or I guess also maybe the other way to ask that question too could be, you know, what should you map out first in your business to put in Dumpsado? Yeah, I think the the first and the easiest is probably how you're capturing new leads and people that are interested in working with you, especially if that's your goal to get people Mm -hmm. to work with you. You want to grow uh, your clients and your Mm -hmm. roster. You need to have an easy way for people to express interest or have an easy way for them to get on a sales call with you. There is nothing worse than someone that wants to work with you and then they have to wait days and days to hear back from you your chances of getting that client 
is really slim now because they've probably gone to somebody else that's your competition because they're going to hear back from them sooner. So that's probably the most important one to start with because it's so simple to create what's up side of calls a lead capture form. It's just a contact form and you can very easily, it's a one-step workload to connect an email or a scheduler to go out once somebody fills that out. So I think that's really the critical one. Obviously there's certainly more workflows that you could create, but that's really critical, especially depending on the service that you offer. If it's really competitive, if it's really um, personal, like, you know, I was an organizer for many years, people are quite literally inviting me into their homes and seeing their stuff. And so they might be excited for a few minutes and decide to reach out to somebody, but then like that fear and that nervousness of having someone come into your home starts to like make them rethink things. You got to catch them while they're hot. So if you can get that workflow set up and have that immediate response, you're doing yourself such a big favor because you're increasing the potential of being able to convert that person to a paying client. Yeah. Yeah. That's such great advice. And I think too, you know, so many people are often focused on figuring out, okay, just getting the leads. But then a lot of times I feel like a lot of just balls get dropped. The lead inquires. And then, like you said, days could go by or something could happen and they're not getting that call booked on the calendar right away. Um, and even if, you know, even if your calendar is maybe maybe you're booked out a few days in advance, that's I think just getting that call on the calendar in the immediate future is far more important than you waiting three days to get back to them, you know, especially if they submit it during the week, if it's Monday through Friday, you know, then that is there. But also too, I think it's a good client experience if they do submit it over the weekend, you know, you're probably not working, which is totally fine. No one's expecting you to be in your inbox all weekend long, but if they do, you know, you know, read your, maybe they find you on Instagram on Saturday morning and they read every single word on your website and they're like, I need to hire her immediately. I need to inquire. They fill in that lead capture form. They book that call and they're ready and on your calendar for some time later in that week. So they're super, super warm. So I think that's a really, really good point to that. And I know I mentioned the, I recently went through the onboarding process with a, the brand photography team recently, but before working with them, I actually tried to inquire with so many other brand photographers in my area. And I had never worked with a photographer in that area. So I was just going off of Google and Instagram to just try to find someone who, you know, could do the style and had the capacity for what I was looking for for that shoot. And I ran into two major problems that I think really fall under what we're talking about today with Dubsado and CRMs. The first problem is I could not find a lead capture form on about half of their websites. And I'm like searching and searching and I'm going to contact, which you would think it would be there. <laughs> Um, you know, you would think there would be something. Um, there were some there were some instances where there were broken links to a lead capture form, which is just like, oh my gosh, come on, just make sure that link is properly or avoid all of that directly, embed it directly on your website so people can just see it and type and enter it and all of that. Um, so there was that major issue, which I thought was absolutely crazy. And Think about how they're probably thinking as a service provider with, I'm getting no new leads. Like no one is filling out my form and no one is contacting me. And if it's something as simple as just not having a great lead capture form to have that project started, that was 
mind-blowing to me that that was happening but I also didn't know how to get in touch with them to tell them that there was nothing you know I truly like wanted to talk with them to hire them but also I didn't know how to get in touch with them either so that was really interesting and then the second part that I noticed with people that I did find lead capture forms on their website is they were either one of two things which i'd love to hear your take on this amber just being in the role that you are one they were either super simple like name uh, first name last name email subject and message which i think is kind of like a blank lead capture form that a lot of like websites will just have like oh put this on your contact page so there was that which i'm kind of like okay subject uh need to hire you <laughs> question yeah, what do you put <laughs> <laughs> uh, message. I guess I can talk about the, you know, location, timing, shoot, people yeah. I wanted to bring, all of that. Um, but it just kind of made it like, I don't know how to think about all of this, you know, to put it in. But let me just, you know, honestly, like word vomit a lot of things to include in here. And then the second one was there were um, a lot of questions in the lead capture form. And I think it could have just came down to the type of photographers I was inquiring about that they work with. So I was looking for branding, but they would do branding and maybe weddings or branding and some other photography style. So it felt like a lot of questions were just not applicable to me. So I'd love to hear your take on that, Amber. Do you have any advice on, you know, what should be included in a lead capture form? So you can make sure you're not even losing leads in that process. Yeah, you have to make sure you are not expecting leads, especially to jump through hoops to try to get in touch or work with you. Because if you're making it that hard, they're not going to hire you. They can't. They they just want a simple solution. You're not offering it. And so with, with lead capture forms or contact forms, I think there's a happy medium of certainly don't make it the whole subject and message because like you literally just said, you had to think about what to put. And it might sound silly, but we don't want our leads and inquiries having to put much effort in at all. We just want to very easily take in their information so that we can do the hard work of figuring out how we can help them. And so lead capture forms, especially if you offer multiple services, I think you really need to think down to what is the most critical information I absolutely need to know in order to potentially work with this person. And so if they offer multiple services, if we're using like a photographer as an example, if they do wedding and branding or whatever, there's a really simple form or element on the lead capture form, especially in Dubsado, and I'm sure other CRMs have this, that quite literally asks, what service are you interested in? And you can attach different workflows to that question. So that way, just get their name, their email, ask them how they how they want to work with you or how can I help you? So that gives them a space to kind of tell you what they're looking for, what service are you interested in, and how did you find me? Always ask that because that really helps you gather marketing information. But beyond that, unless you, maybe like a date, like when are you thinking that you need to have this done, that could be helpful. But besides that, don't ask anything else because you just need that critical piece of information to contact them and to know what service they're interested in. And again, maybe the date. And that way, if you need more information before you reach out, then that workflow could send like a questionnaire based on that service that they want. So if they knew you wanted brand photography, then maybe it's a questionnaire that gets sent out thanking them or thanking you for inquiring please provide us a little more information, blah, 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 blah. But that way it doesn't prevent you from wanting to reach out in the first place because they're overwhelmed by all these questions that don't have anything to do with why they want to hire you. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. That was such great advice. And I think it's such a small thing, but it makes all the difference to those leads that are coming into our business to to kind of hire us and go from there. Um, I know you mentioned at the very start of the show that Dubsado is also a great place to store information about clients, which I think is also really a small thing, uh, but goes such a long way. So I love that there's also the capabilities of that because I'm thinking still on my, <laughs> my uh, example here, I only got on the call with one, not including the one that I actually went through and went through their beautiful onboarding process with. Uh, but I went on a call with one photographer and we actually got on the call and she thought that I was someone else. She thought I was a past client and it was very awkward to say the least because I didn't know what she was talking about. And I was, you know, very politely, I I'm a new client. Like I'm trying to like get information. And so to me, I just thought this whole scenario was so interesting, but it really just gets my brain turning as, okay, do leads have any questions like this? Do they have any problems with our inquiry form? Like it makes my brain just kind of start thinking, how can I, you know, learn any lessons from this and take it to that? So, but I love that there is that capability that you can use Dubsado to store information about your clients so that you don't have to go through that instance to where yeah. you don't know who it is, especially if you are having Dubsado set up, then you'll know that, okay, they were a new lead. They were created on this date the lead capture form was filled in and you can have all that information, you know, at your disposal. So I think that can really be avoided. Yeah, for sure. We definitely don't want to mistake people for someone that they're not. So Dubsado definitely helps you avoid those awkward situations. And there's so many places too in Dubsado that you can customize, um, you know, project statuses and tags. So, you know, if they go into this bin, they're a new client. If they go into this bin, they're, you know, a past client. So it really helps you to label and keep everybody really organized so that you're not stumbling over, okay, who is this? Who am I about to talk to? Because that that's certainly not a good way to potentially get some clients. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the capabilities of a CRM are so, so important to have. And to your point that you mentioned earlier, that it really does replace a VA in your business with this tool. You know, of course, with any tool, if you move past that free trial, there is a cost. But I think when you weigh the cost of Dubsado versus a VA, it's super, super minimal in the amount of work that it'll actually do because Dubsado will work 24 seven. <laughs> a exactly. VA will not. <laughs> they don't get sick either. So <laughs> it's always working for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Amber, this has been such an awesome episode. I'm so happy that you were able to come on and just share all of your expertise around CRMs, Dubsado, how we can set them up and how they can help our business move forward. So it's been super, super grateful to have you on. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? Yeah. So I'm always on Instagram. My handle is at Arranged by Amber. Um, so you can certainly DM me and find all the information there and at my website, arrangedbyamber.com. Awesome. Awesome. And we will have all of Amber's, you know, social links and website links in the show notes of this episode. If you have any questions that are lingering around Dubsado or anything we talked about, feel free to go over and DM Amber directly on Instagram. Or if you want to learn more about Amber's services, you can go to her website, which we'll have both in the show notes of this episode. Thank you again, Amber, for joining us on Hashtag Manage this week. And thank you to all of you for listening to another episode of Hashtag Manage. We'll be back next week with another episode.
I want to invite you to our Facebook group for social media managers. Before you think to yourself, Facebook group, really? Yes, our Facebook group community grows by 100 new members every single week. And I'm not just saying that to fluff this ad and make it sound more appealing. I can share our exact tracking spreadsheet. We have built a community of like-minded social media managers, content creators, and strategists, and we want to invite you to join us. Head to the show notes after this show, search Social Savvy Collective on Facebook, or head to socialsavvyhq.co forward slash podcast to join for free. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Hashtag Managed. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Come back next week for another new episode of Hashtag Managed. We'll see you then.